Games You Grew Up With, a podcast that relies on nostalgia and a geeky sensibility. Each episode, we talk about one of the video games that left an impression on us as kids, put on some rose-tinted glasses, and reminisce about it. Then, replay the game and see how it's held up over the years. This episode, we'll be going to the Golden Saucer and talking about Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation. I'm Katie. I'm Chris. And we've got another special episode set up, so let's talk games. So... This is what we're calling episode 40.5. It's not a full episode because basically we love Final Fantasy so much and we talked so much in both our Rose segments and in the final episode. We decided to split it up because it was just going to be too long an episode otherwise. So this is actually just our Rose segment. So we're just going to be going over our memories of the game before we had a chance to play the game. We just decided to separate this segment out as we rambled a lot when we were recording this particular session. And while a lot of times we'll cut that rambling out because it just doesn't need to be there, for this episode in particular, we felt it was really important to keep as much of our thoughts in our Rose segment as possible. And the only way to give that full justice is if we kind of broke it off so we didn't drop a massive episode on everyone's lap. So this week we are doing the Rose segment of our Final Fantasy VII episode. So this is just our memories. Next week we'll do the rest of the episode. So we'll have our trope of the day. We'll go into the main background of the game plus, you know, plot and our feelings on it and all the good stuff that normally come in the episode will all be in the main episode. And because we love Final Fantasy VII so much and because I can't help but want to talk more about Final Fantasy VII, there's going to be another special episode after the main episode. So two weeks from now, I'm going to have a mini episode that's going to be so crazy laden with Final Fantasy VII Remake spoilers. It's going to be my thoughts on the remake. It's going to be my feelings on the differences between the games, what has changed, what hasn't changed. It's going to be so spoilerific. And since even Chris hasn't played that yet, I don't want to spoil it for him. So that'll be its own separate episode two weeks from now. So basically you guys are getting three weeks of Final Fantasy VII content. We'll have the Rose segment this week. We'll have the main episode next week. And then we're going to have another mini episode of the thoughts on the remake of the game two weeks from now. So I hope everyone's really looking forward to that. We just, there was so much to talk about. And so we just had to split it up. So you're just getting a lot more Final Fantasy VII than we even anticipated originally. So on that note, let's play that Chiacarina of time, go back to the past before we had a chance to play the game and give our thoughts about Final Fantasy VII. See you on the other side. So that music means we are in the past. We are going to talk about our memories of Final Fantasy VII before we play it again. This might take a while, like the rest of the episode, because <laughs> we got we got a whole, whole lot of memories for this game. So, to- I mean, so, so many memories. Yeah. It's also a longer game than pretty much every other game we've played up to this point, so that helps. Oh, uh, very much so. <laughs> so start us off, Katie. What do you remember about Final Fantasy VII? I mean, there's there's so much. There's so much about this game. Yeah. It's a really... We talked about it in our 9.5, our Final Fantasy episode, that this is the first Final Fantasy game we ever played. And it was a defining game because of that. For our just, I think, gaming lives, this game is a defining game. Oh, yeah. Not just in the Final Fantasy games, but just in our gaming history, this game defines so much. And 
there's so many, as, as we talked about, there were so many memories surrounding it because this is a game we absolutely played on our own, but it was a huge game we played up at the beach with our very, very close friends that we played through the whole thing multiple times just within a group of four of us all watching and yeah. playing. And it was a very social thing, which is kind of funny for RPGs. You don't expect them to be social games, but for us, Final Fantasy became a social. It, Final Fantasy VII. It really a was a social yeah. game for us because we all played it essentially together in a single weekend, and we have so it, many inside jokes when we were growing yes. up about this game, about chocobos, about just Sephiroth, about the everything as a whole, and just everything that went on that that weekend like that not only as you said was this our first major rpg other than like the little tiny bits i know we talked about how um like mario rpg yeah but this was this was the first one but and then like just just that weekend at the beach solidified was, it uh, yeah like inside jokes that have nothing to do with the game that just happened that weekend yeah. And it it's it's such a, a a solidifying moment of our our gaming lives, as you said. It's it it holds a very very special place for us. Yeah, things that still pop up in my memory now is anytime you know people look at the clouds and you try to guess what shape a cloud is. You know that like kid childhood game of like that cloud looks like a car or something. The friend I used to bring to the beach with me, we always would look at the clouds and be like. What do you see? And she'd be like, I see a cloud with blonde hair and blue <laughs> eyes. Every single time. Without fail. And I still think that when I look at the clouds, I'm like, cloud with blonde hair and blue eyes. Like, it just it, it's silly little things that aren't really, like, based in the game in that sense, but became such a, a touch point for my life. There, there was, the, there was the, uh, the one lamp that was right around that sounded terrible. It was the dying moose <gasps> lamp. I forgot about the dying moose yeah. lamp. And you... It was this lamp in this beach house we went to, and it was right in the gaming area we did. And anytime something like really tragic was happening in the game, one of us would grab the dying moose lamp, and it would just be like, <laughs> the dying moose lamp was. Hold on, we have to wait for Nebula to stop freaking her brain out. Yeah. Did she not like the dying moose lamp? She, clearly not. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, it was it was a lamp that made this awful, awful noise that we basically, I don't remember who first did it, but it was this joke that, like, we would, it was a very tragic, quiet moment, and we just made this awful, awful noise during this very <laughs> tragic moment, and it became such a joke. I completely forgot about the Dying Moose lamp. And and the uh, the CD player we had in that room, yep. and we had, like, the, the best of Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And the, the CD player was, like, broken. So it kept playing, um, pause. What is the name of that song? Um, I don't remember what song it was. Da 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 Not Stairway. Obviously. From the Godzilla soundtrack. That's what I was going to say. You're probably not wrong. And we'll edit this. Uh, crap, because it, Cashmere. Cashmere, thank you. Good call. Yes. It would literally just kept playing Cashmere. And we're like, why do you keep playing this song? I wasn't mad. Anyway, focusing on the game, even though we're... Yes, yeah, the actual game. I mean, I know that's part of this is is what we remember. And, and that was a big part of it. We would really literally yell across the house and across when we would see each other after we were playing uh, Hojo from... <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'd just be like, Hojo for no Hojo! reason. For no reason. And, and it was just because of how dramatic the game was. And 
these little things of, of the game that just stuck out so much and I think just made such an impact. And I think that's why more than any other Final Fantasy game, this game is going to stick with me because of the impact outside of the game itself. Funny enough, yeah. as much as the great, the game was amazing. And let's get into the actual game. What do we remember of the actual game itself? Because we kind of haven't even talked about that part yet. I know. And this is, I will say it's going to be hard because I definitely remember, I remember a lot. And then there, there are definitely parts where I was trying to think, uh, making the notes for this, where it's like, there are parts that I don't quite remember. Mm-hmm. And it'll be one of those, like, as we've said, get into it. And all of a sudden it's going to be like, oh yeah, and this. I think part like, of it also is, he, the, the cheaty is, Chris and I have both played at least parts of this game since we played it as kids because we've both bought it in the modern times and started playing it like there is that i mean i, I, I started i started a replay of this literally uh, like a month before we started the podcast yeah i think i like, did I got, sometime around i got a well. decent way through it and it was like when we figured out what we wanted to do it's like oh crap I should start playing. Also, we wanted to make this one of our like first couple episodes. Yeah, and we held off till episode forty. We waited. Yeah, three. We yeah, we wanted it like super super early at like episode yeah. three, and our lovely producers talked us out of it because they're like, no, you want to hold that <laughs> off till it like is like you guys know what you're doing, which is fair. Even still, I remember. I remember a ton of the beginning of this game, and I think a lot of that is because I feel like before we owned the game, either I or both of us, we played the demo. Oh, yeah. A bunch. A, a bunch. Like, in, in one of those, like, PS Mag demos. Yeah, again, because again, we talked was... about that in other episodes that we had a bunch of random yeah. demo discs from the PlayStation magazine. It was the start up until the reactor yes. in Midgar, the, the initial the first reactor, reactor yeah. raid. Yeah. Which is funny because I believe they used that exact same segment of game for the demo for the remake. That it's, makes sense. Which makes sense. Like they got to the basically yeah. the exact same part. And that's the other thing is I, I when I was trying to do the, again the notes for the rose section, there were moments where I was like, oh my god, am I remembering the not the. <laughs> The, the, the mechanics more than the game itself. Not the game, but the yeah. mechanics of the remake. Am I putting the mechanics of the remake or something that happened in the remake and, and, and attributing it to both the remake and the original as opposed to just the remake? So I'm curious because I have not gone back since I did the re- played the whole remake. I have played the uh-huh. first chapter of the remake because, you know, that's all that's out. Right. And I'm curious of what I am misremembering almost already because of recency bias of the remake versus the original. But things I do remember about the original that I know don't exist anymore that I loved was that back in the day when you used to look at your memory card and you could go into it on the game and, and had like <laughs> slots. You had like, this is a specific slot. You had 20 slots on yeah. your memory card and they were, that's it. Like it didn't matter size of, cause it wasn't like size of saves. It was just like, no, not on not on the PS One. But some some games had two slots. That's how big yeah. they would be. Specifically, Final Fantasy Seven. Depending on what slot in the game, because there were twenty slots in the game you could save, it would end up anywhere on your card. But it was like twenty slots in the game you could sl- save. Depending on where you saved, it was a different character picture for which slot you saved in on the original game. Oh, and I only remember I this about that. because slot twenty was Sephiroth, <laughs> and That's- I specifically saved. The moment before Sephiroth kills Eris in slot 20, so I could spoilers. go back. I have spoilers. So I could go back <laughs> anytime I wanted and watch Sephiroth kill Eris. I just watch it again. See, this is these are the types <laughs> of things why why people think that you you love the bad guys too much. <laughs> to be fair, that was more of I hated Eris. She I bothered know. the I, I... <laughs> bejeebus out of me. 
Remake Eris, way better. Credit to the remake. I like her way better in the remake than I like her in the original. Is she is she left a, less of a, a, a waif? She's less of a waif, and they, they have her and Tifa establish, like, a, a friendship throughout the game. So you're like, oh, she's not just clinging to Cloud and not caring about everyone else, which is what it felt like in the original game. She was just, like, throwing herself at Cloud, like, save me, Cloud, and was just really annoying. They, like, have her establish her own character, but also establish relationships with the other characters, Right. And so you're like, I'm like, oh, I'm actually getting more attached to Eris in this game. Aerith, officially. But Eris in the original translation. Oh, I'm, I'm still going to call her Eris. That's because that's what I remember Producer her Producer Kyle as. called me out because I, st- I now refer to her as Aerith because of the remake, but also because I've read, I was so obsessed with this game. I've read so much media around this game. I've played all the later games. I've done, And she's referred to as Aerith pretty much after the original translation. They've gone back to Aerith. Right. But so I've converted, even though I did start as Eris and it was Eris or Bust for a long time, but I've just... I've just moved you know gotten so used to the modern versions it was interesting because i really don't remember having a large emotional impact when she was killed like i don't know if it was spoiled by friends because i know we might have i think it was with friends well well we did we played the whole game with the friends up in the beach and i think that might well, yeah, even that, like, it, it, if I played it at the neighbor's house, yeah, like, if I, it was spoiled before that, or, yeah, you, you have those, quote, emotional moments, but when you're, like, a group of four people and you got uh, dying moose noises in the background, it's, and, it's and hard it, to take some of that seriously. It didn't help that at, in that playthrough, both myself and my friend were both rooting for her death. So, <laughs> in that, but we, I know we knew going in. Even on my very first playthrough, I remember knowing going in because I remember being like stripper of all her items, so she we don't lose any good items because she can take material with her when she dies in that game. Uh. I'm pretty sure I might be misremembering, but I think there was a like she might take the material with her, so strip her of all her material before she leaves. Uh-huh. So I do remember that. But other things about this game that just don't happen in modern games anymore. We had the guidebook that we used religiously. I know we did. Mm-hmm. I love the guidebook. I love that moment now it's funny now but of the please insert disc two or please insert disc three because this was a three cd game (laughs) that's how big it was it was this was the first time right like that we they hit a a multi-disc game right that that we saw at least i'm sure there might have been games before that but again it's not even that square needed more than a cartridge they needed three cds worth of data And I just remember the the first two were the main plot, and the third disc is literally the open world right before the end. So it's all the side missions are on that one, but yeah. like it's literally like you could literally only go to the final battle on that third disc if you didn't do anything to the side. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember the just like the please insert disc two here, and I was like, <laughs> I remember the first time I was like, wait, I can open the system, and so you literally would open the system, and the screen would stay active, and yeah. you'd have to yeah. put in a new like. I just remember being blown away, like, wow, it's so smart that I'm opening it up and it's staying. <laughs> I remember this game took so long to play when we were kids that I remember playing it both in the extra bedroom and downstairs in the basement after the basement was finished. Yeah. On the big screen. On so the big like, screen. It, it bridged two gaming areas of our house when we were growing up. Yeah, and it was it just... The game was mind-blowing in so many ways of, like, it had so much more than we were used to. I just remember the motorcycle busting through the building in Shinra and just being like, wow, this is the most realistic (laughs) graphics, like, ever. And it's so funny to think about it now that with every generation of new games, you're like, oh, my God, that's the most realistic thing ever. But it was. It felt so real and 3D and, like, amazing looking. Oh, yeah. Even if you look back and I'm just picturing um, Cloud's enormous 
blocky forearms, where his forearms are the size of, like, (laughs) ham hocks. (laughs) I mean, Barrett was mad. Like, all of the characters are so ridiculous. (laughs) I remember the fact that the game wasn't detailed enough when you're Cloud and you have to dress up as a woman and you get different dresses and or wigs, depending on how well you perform the mini tasks. It didn't matter what you did. He had the same outfit because they didn't design oh, in yeah. separate that, that was one of my notes. The, the, it was at the Honeybee Hive the or honey whatever. Bee that in, that minigame. Uh, oh, Fort Condor is a minigame as well. Yeah. I, well, all the minigames, like there was like the submarine. Oh, God. I forgot there was about the submarine. The, the motorcycle chase. I do remember the motorcycle chase. Like as chase. you said, yeah, the motorcycle chase. Like there were so many. The I mean, Chocobo racing. Chocobo breeding like, is a mini Chocobo game all its breeding. own. That was the way you got Knights of the Round, the most the most OP materia you ever. You had to get a golden chocobo, and the only way yeah. to get a golden chocobo was like mating a black chocobo uh, with something with a blue or a green. So you had to get the blue and the green chocobos. It was all yeah. like, so much chocobo inbreeding, so much chocobo. <laughs> inbreeding. Sorry, chocobos. Uh, I remember uh, just places like golden saucer golden saucer was amazing which is where you had like you could go back and like replay all the mini games the idea that there were secret characters you could go through the whole game and never get was just fascinating to me at the time because vincent and yuffie are not required characters you can play the whole game and never run into them never play them never do their storylines and you don't miss anything i mean you do you miss a ton of things but in theory they were missable characters well, and and I'm glad because I was trying to remember. It's like I think it's Vincent. Vincent is the the werewolf. Mm-mm. Vampire, gun. not werewolf, vampire. Could he morph? No, he. He's a morph. vampire. He didn't have. I, I mean, st- they they allude to him being more vampire. Like you find him in a coffin. Yeah, that's right. I, was there someone that could? That no could one could change? morph. Are you just thinking of Red Thirteen, who was just a cat? No, no. Red Thirteen was was a was a lion, cat, tiger. We, we had this conversation, I think, on one of my streams where we were talking about Red 13, and someone said that he was a lion, and he was like, no, he was a... T- no, someone said he was like a dog. Like, I he mean, wasn't I a dog. I don't know. He's definitely like a tiger. He's a mix. He's his own yeah. thing. I forget what species you are. They have a name. But but no, there no one trans... Uh, oh, I think you're thinking one of Vincent's specials i think you're right he does transform into a big beast i think that's yes. what you're talking yes, about that's his, his limit that's break his, his, his limit, limit break. breaks yeah i that forgot was... about that okay i'm not going crazy and that was that was a, a note that i had was the limit breaks yes because that was and again because we played final fantasy 6 so recently that's almost their character unique trait like there's not yeah. any sort of job type there's no thing. job it's the classes limit breaks. in this yeah. game no, I remember the limit breaks and how crazy that is because it flashes yeah. like the the multicolor. Yeah, he goes rainbow. On the ATB and bar, like, and it's like, yeah, we're about to kick ass. Well, and there were really cool again mechanics because you had to preset what limit break I think you were using, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Except you could you could so- select like they were in like groups of two, something there was, like, like that. Four groups of two or something like that. But but I remember except for Tifa. Who I believe they stacked, or see that is, or yeah, am I thinking the remake? But I think Tifa's she remake because she had the like roulette wheel style, yeah, and it was like hit, uh, hit, uh, hit, sla- mix. slot machine, slot machine. That's it. Sorry, not roulette wheel, yeah. slot machine style. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that was Beat Rush. Yeah, that was one beat of rush. hers. Was that her original? Is Beat Rush? But she also had one that's called like Dolphin Kick, 
and she had a bunch. Right. That they stacked. Which is wasn't because I I I noted like Kate Sith was also a roulette wheel. Maybe I don't remember. Oh his no, as it was well. dice. His was no. dice. His was dice. That yeah. is correct. And again, Kate Sith, which was hilarious. The cat riding a a moogle. Yeah, which I and that the cat is a puppet apparently, which I don't think I put two and two together with initially. I know he talks about it, but like you don't. That I don't was think yeah, because because like he sacrifices himself. At yeah, and one then another point. one shows up. Yeah, and it's like oh, I'm Kate Sith two or whatever. It's just like uh it was very weird. I don't. I I think because in my brain I almost thought of him more as the Moog because that's the more prominent part of the figure, not as right, the little teeny right. cat. But he's the teeny cat on top of the Moog, and even then he's someone who's piloting the teeny cat on top of the Moog, which I don't figure think we ever actually find out who he truly is. No, I don't think so. I remember his weapon was a uh, megaphone. Yeah. <laughs> Because that was the thing. Each character had a, a uh, unique weapon. Yes. So in, like, this, in uh, this series, instead of having job classes or anything like that, because no one had any job class, you could pick. No. I mean, they had specials. Again, like Eris's special was healing, and so she typically was your healer. They didn't have. Yeah, they didn't have job classes. They had unique weapons. So you could only. So yeah. you didn't share weapons among people in this game. Everyone had their own weapons. Right. And I'm producer Kyle is something. Yeah, just uh, cutting in here since I don't think it's a spoiler. I looked it up. Red 13. Is he a dog thing? Is described as a red lion or wolf-like beast, but his species is Red 13's species. Yeah. It is is an unnamed species as he's the last of his kind. Oh, yeah, but he he doesn't get a name. Definitely no wolf in there. Yeah, because like he... His his village no, is like all like people. Little... You remember uh, you remember the boss in Red Thirteen's area? That was a, the gigantic boss that you could just kill with a phoenix down. No, I forgot I about remember. that. Spoilers. I remember all of the weapons: the emerald weapon, ruby weapon, ruby weapon. I don't remember what the other weapon was that just gets shot in the face by the oh, giant cannon. Yeah, I forget which one that one is because it's emerald that you find like. Which is the one that's Emerald flying is the one around. underwater. Okay, Emerald underwater. Ruby, I think, is the one that's flying around the world. Like, you just have to, like, run into it in the air. No. What is... One? No, that's one that's, like, a plot point weapon. Yeah, but, I mean... Because Ruby and Emerald were both bonus Optional. ones. Oh. I Ruby was the name. one that was in the desert Mm-mm. and did the thing where... And I still remember this. Like, he would take away two of your party yes, members. He would not unless you went in with two dead party members. Yeah, so you had to purposely have two people dead going yeah. in. I do remember that because um, he he had the, like the tentacles that would show up at the yeah. back of the park. And Emerald was the one where you had like a timer. You only yes, had like twenty minutes. Yeah, unless you had the underwater materia yes. that you would find somewhere. Which materia? Holy crap, materia! Yeah, like this that I thought was a staple of Final Fantasy because in later games they pretty much all use materia, but it didn't come yeah. really till this game we have now found yeah, out. Yeah, we, we know that now. And and that the summons were just another type of materia. They weren't like, yeah. at least in this game, they weren't like segmented out or anything like that. And they were what color? Red materia? Red. And then green because was support. No, green was magic. Green was magic. Blue was support. Yeah. No? Yellow yellow was no yeah, blue was kind of support. Like like, like all double was blue. Yeah, like all double. Yeah. Yellow was like abilities. Like, uh, yeah, uh, like like enemy skill was yellow. Enemy skill, W item. Oh god, I forgot about W item. 
Oh, W items, the the cheat that I did. Because yeah, it like, helps you duplicate stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, you could dupe items and you could, I would duplicate elixirs to give them to magic pots in the end game in the uh was it the crater in the crater like the meteor yeah. crater yes yeah so you give the magic pots uh elixirs and they give you like a hundred xp for your materia or something like that so that was the way to to quickly level up Materia. materia yeah and and the, the, ah. the level materia i remember being a big thing of like that's how you got the stronger spells uh, yeah. You didn't have to buy Fire 2 or whatever, or you just you, you level the material. Yeah, you could, you could cast the summon multiple times. And this is when you get into materia slots then as well, is like your weapons had materia slots and your your armor had materia yeah. slots. And so that's why you needed newer weapons and newer armor, not just because the stat bonuses, more, yeah. but you wanted more materia. And they had like the connected slots, so like you could do lightning all so you could hit more than one person or cure all or something like all those kind of stats like yeah all of that was just so it was so super much super interesting like and, super strategic and yeah. stuff like that yeah and i yeah i remember it, the as you said knights of the round you mentioned is an op summon there was there's so many more summons in this game i think than almost any other game that i'm think uh, that i can think of for final fantasy because they had more i feel like like Knights of the Round was there, and like uh, they're there. But I mean, bunch, think I of all like. the espers in six. Oh, now that true. we know that that's every true. every one of those espers was a summon, a summon, even that's if we a... didn't use them. But mm, that's maybe why I'm not thinking of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, Knights of the Round was the one that took about like five minutes yeah. to cast. Well, and so I just remember of like one of the OP things you used to do against Sephiroth <laughs> in the final battle. You would do. Knights of the Round, and then there was a materia that made it like times three, so it would cast it three times with only yeah, one like w- w summon. Yeah, W summon. And so it would be Knights of the Round, and then you'd have the next person do Mimic. And so you'd basically yeah. get like six Knights of the Round in a row. <laughs> and it took, you, you literally could put the controller down. And just walk and away. Just walk away, because it was like 15 minutes of animation. <laughs> but you could not skip. It was just. 15 minutes of animation because because it, it was like each night going in and attacking yeah. or whatever it like. took freaking forever and then <laughs> i believe when it was sephiroth's attack and maybe you could use it too it was like meteor of where it, you watched it destroy oh, each of the planets forever yeah because you'd watch it go through the planets and explode the planets but that was so at the time it was like wow these animations are incredible and like sephiroth was just such a, a iconic villain at the time like, he was i mean his music him, him and his mommy issues his mommy and... issues which I, I i called out from the start yes you did he has mommy <laughs> issues um but like <laughs> but like one in, one winged angel is iconic oh yeah like it's it an is amazing. like enormous katana yeah like it's his a... katana that's like i mean even bigger than the buster sword yes i think it's Mats- it's supposed to be masamune I yeah. believe is what they call his weapon, but it's massive. It's like seven feet long. <laughs> and that's, you know, speaking of lore in general, like I played all the spinoffs. I played Crisis Core. I played Dirge of Cerberus. I played the first soldier. So not all of them. I think there are more actually than the ones I'm listing. I played mm. a lot of the spinoffs of this game. So I know a lot of the side mythology. I watched that's the movie. I, and, th- and I think that's part of the thing is I, so much of that is starting to merge in my brain from when it comes oh, to plot fair. and mythology of those later games that they flesh out so much and the remake and the fact that I read fan fiction, I'm not going to lie. 
I read a bunch of fan fiction <laughs> of a lot of different genres, but Final Fantasy VII was absolutely one of them. So then now I have the issue of like, am I remembering real stuff or is this was a fanfic I read at some point that just got oh embedded in my brain? So I'm pretty sure I know the difference. Like 99% sure I know. But my point is like some of the mythology, like the, the more intricate pieces of the mythology. I know the big uh. idea of the plot, but the itty bitty pieces is when in my brain I start going, Oh, where do I remember that from exactly? I remember, you remember some of the, uh, the weapons? Obviously, Buster Sword Well, was there's the, the Buster Sword. Tifa had all of the gloves. All of her were gloves yeah. so she could beat you in the face. Barrett, of course, had his machine gun arm, but he later got like a chainsaw, I feel like, at he one got, point. He got a can opener. I it was literally a can opener. <laughs> <laughs> and he would just go up and smack you with yeah, it. I, yeah. I remember the first time I equipped that, I was just like, oh, it's, it's, they weren't lying. It's just a can opener and it's not a ranged weapon anymore. You know, Yuffie had the giant ninja star. Yeah. And, and, and it would change. And they actually, I think this is really cool too in the game. If they were had a visible weapon, because, you know, like Tifa's gloves, you couldn't really see anything. I think they, yeah. her fists would glow different colors at times, but they visibly changed as you were playing the game. Yes, it, it would look completely different. Like, the Buster Swords would look different. Oh, yeah. no, the first one was called the Buster Sword. The rest were just different swords. That's true, yeah. Everyone just, yeah. I guess colloquially, it's just, yeah, it's, it's Buster Sword. Yeah, it's you just whatever. imagine Cloud with the giant Buster Sword. Um, Vincent had, yeah, guns. He had guns. Or gun, is it gun sword or just guns? No, it was just a gun. Okay. No, gun sword was, that was, that was Squall. Leo. Squall. Whatever. Same person. I think they have, he has two names. I think he goes through a memory lapse yeah. thing. It's a thing. Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sid had a staff, right? Yeah, he um, or a spear. I think he had the spear. Or was it? Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah, think, because Eris had the staff. She had just a plain staff. Yeah, that's true. And so he and had then, a spear slash, because he got a trident, I think, at one point. Yeah, Red 13 just had, like, headdresses. They called them headdresses. Hairpins. They were hairpins for him. Yeah, that's right. Which, so they did something. Uh, Whatever. Um, who, are, who are we forgetting? Okay, how many of the... Uh, Kate Sith had megaphones, like we talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, megaphone. That that might be... Let's see. Who are, who are the characters? Cloud. Barrett. Cloud, Tifa, Barrett, Yuffie, Red 13, Sid, Kate Sith. Eris. Eris Vincent. That's eight. That might have been nine. it. That's nine. I think that's it. Were there really nine mains? Huh. I don't think I ever thought of how many there were. Do you remember what your party was? Uh, Cloud, Tiffa, Barrett almost all the time. I think you're right. I think we played it so much. I don't even remember a main party because like- We would just- I, I just changed it up so yeah. much because we played it so much. I always just played it with Cloud, obviously, because he was OP. I think you had to have Cloud. I, I think you had to have Cloud, But yeah. I love Tiffa, so I'd always put Tiffa in. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, I, the, all the characters had their benefit and you would bounce in. There are certain times you had to play with certain characters, of course. Now I'm just thinking of picking party members and I just remember the, the date- in uh, the Golden Saucer, that it was like however you were treating the characters up to the Golden Saucer, you got a certain date with a certain person. Oh my god, and I so forgot about the that. The default was Eris, but you basically, yeah. if you were mean to her the whole time, you would get <laughs> if you would get Tifa, and if you were mean to both of them, you had a boys' night with Barrett. Oh, I thought you were gonna be like you get Yuffie because no one no, cares about was, Yuffie. No, because she wasn't required, so it, was, it had yeah. to be someone you had to get. So it was what her was you had to like randomly encounter. 
encounter in her. the woods. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is it's not at a certain point. It's after a certain it's point. Whenever. You can just yeah. get her whenever. So you yeah. can get her actually relatively early. And I do remember this because in the, the, the most recent playthrough I had, which was only, as we were saying, like two, three years ago now, I got her almost as soon as I left Midgar. I did too, actually. I, I remember getting her really early in my last playthrough. You you have to get her. The thing is, you have to answer questions. Yes, correctly. Yep, correctly, or else you'll run away. Yeah. So. It, oh my god. Yeah, and it's a random encounter. Yeah. But yeah, so I do remember. Yeah, but I remember the date. I also remember specifically when we were at the beach. I believe we got Eris as the date partner. And just because we didn't know any better and we were just playing of like, of like, no, no better of like, if we wanted to get Tiffa, we would have had to try to get her. Um, uh, but I just remember we treated her awful because we thought it was hilarious because on the date you could keep doing just bad things. And so it'd be like, you, you had to, you had to fake a play. You did a play in the golden saucer and you had, and you, you just kept picking the wrong, we kept picking the wrong lines on purpose. I think she ends up slapping us at one point. Like, this is the kind of player I am apparently. Yes. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god. So I can't promise I won't do that again on our cu- upcoming playthrough. Oh, I'm not no, going to lie. I guarantee you will. To be fair, on the remake, I was trying not to play with a guide, but I had producer Kyle specifically look up of like, is there a date in this game? And if so, how do I make sure I get Tiffa? <laughs> and he's like, seriously? I'm like, no, this is important. <laughs> what other What other bosses do you remember? Because I kind of remember the bosses being fairly memorable. I remember the snake as you, there was a marsh area you had to wander through and there was a snake shadow you would see. And I remember him. Because he gave you, he gave you beta, the enemy skill material. Because I remember enemy skill being way OP early game. Early game. Yeah. I remember him. I remember obviously the the reactor that first boss is. Yeah, the 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 something that was also something like Buster. Secure, yeah, Buster robot or something. I don't remember. Yeah, but I, I could see him in my head with the the feet and the the. Yeah, it was a, It was like it looked like a big like it, it it was like the big. It looked like a um uh 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 fire hydrant. Yeah, I and thought it almost a, that... it had a countdown of like it would start yeah, counting like, down to its big weapon. Turned around, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously Sephiroth at the very end of the game, how he turned. Yeah. He not only you, of course, it was like this isn't even my final form. Absolutely happens in this game. Right. I fight him like three times in a row. I'm pretty sure <laughs> the first two are the real ones. The third one is just you and him, and all yeah. you have is your limit break. Um, yeah. Which fun fact. It's Cloud's final limit break is how you beat him in that very final battle. And yeah. I tried it one time where I didn't equip Cloud's final limit break in that battle. Oh, and it just gives it, it gives, gives it to you, it anyways. To you anyway. <laughs> what is that called? I don't remember. Cross Slash was his early one. Yeah, it's like I forget what his ultimate there's, one was. There's like a bond. It, it's like it's a it's a you hit him multiple times. It's, yeah, Omni Slash. Omni Slash. I think you're correct. I think it's yeah. Omni Slash. But yeah, so but I remember his middle Sephiroth's middle form is he's form. like his bottom half is like a comet, like he's a giant circle. I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember the music. Yeah. Like the very, uh, the the operatic. That's the, the one wing angel, like I said. Chanting, yeah, 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 the one wing angel theme. Where that's where it's like, Sephiroth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, all the music, like the, the yeah. boss, the boss music. Oh, yeah. Like, oh my God. We mentioned in our lonely animative syndrome trope how anytime you won a battle, it would always zoom in on the female of your party. 
And Tifa would do the big, and Tifa would uh, do the stretch, stretch, and it would zo- just happen to zoom in on her as she's stretching, <laughs> as it's like dun 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 dun. You remember uh, Reno and the Turks? I loved the Turks. Oh, there the, was the reoccurring, the Reno, reoccurring Elena, villain. Oh God, what is it? rude? And yeah. the lead was it was Reno because it was Reno and the no, Turks. No, no, no. they right? were the minions. The lead was T S Sang, T S A N G. And he, oh, Zang? Zang, yeah. and he turns out, oh, it might be a spoiler. He has a relationship yeah, no, he, to someone in yeah. your party. It's a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't say who. Gosh darn it, producer Kyle. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember uh, the, the Shinra boss, like the big fat guy. He was like kind of yeah, the President fake boss Shinra. for yeah yeah was like was like kind of the fake boss for like the first disc where it's like oh I'm the bad guy and then like you actually get to him and it's just like yeah go away here's the real boss well I'm pretty sure Sephiroth kills him yeah that wouldn't even surprise me yeah and then you fight his son a couple of times right you fight his son who takes over and that's all the it's just there's so much we're getting and we we've talked about a lot and. I know it's it's really hard to not talk too much about the actual game because we're going to talk about the game in the main portion of this episode. Well, it's just like, I think the other thing is we often might not get to a lot of this in the main portion. <laughs> but it's just this game is what started my love for JRPGs, turn-based combat. Yeah. This, I mean, yes, we played Mario RPG before this, but this is this was it. This was yeah. the game that stuck with me that I replayed so many times that I go back to still. I have it on like. I, I say my most recent replay was started. I didn't fit, get anywhere close to finishing. I didn't even get to the end of the first disc. But it was probably like two and a half, three years ago now. Mm. I think I have this on like four different platforms. Because <laughs> I just kept buying it because I love it so much that it yeah. was like, well, of course I want to buy another Final Fantasy VII. Of course I do. And it's just, it meant so much because the game was ga- great. But I think it really did mean so much to us because of the memories associated with it, of the friends and the social experience around it and all of that. And it was, it was so nice to have those memories and such plus memories about gaming. Like this is, this is the game we thought of when we, one of the games we thought of when we thought of this podcast was this game and, and our memories surrounding it. And yeah, you know, rose tinted, maybe the game's not going to be as great going back and playing it. I just, I just think nostalgia will tell me, no, I don't care. I'm going to love this game. I know it's going to be, yeah, really hard to be objective about this. Since when have we been objective? We're real bad at that. I've I've got over two pages of rose notes for this game. Like, (laughs) <laughs> but I think it's time. I think we've done hit all of the biggest things. Yeah. Chris, what is your rose tinted score of this game? I mean, it's a nine and a half. I I almost want to say it's a ten out of ten. Like I'll I'll actually go I'll I'll go there. I'll say it's a ten out of ten for a rose score, just because the memories, the experiences, it just holds such a special place in my gaming heart. Yeah. I I don't know how else to score it. What about you? I have to agree. It has to be a 10. It just, it yeah. has to. It just, like, this is the rose tinted score. It doesn't matter. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the score that I associate with my memories of this game. This is the score I associate with so much. It defined, it, it is helped define me as a gamer. Yeah. It's why we play RPGs. Yeah. Like, and and I, I love it. I love it so much and it, it is amazing and it's it's a ten out of ten. Yeah. No no question in my brain. Here's the hard part. What's your projected score if we go back and play it again? Even <sighs> if we played it recently. And it's gonna be hard because you've played the remake. Yeah. 
which is going to be the great. remake which, is totally Oh no, different. it's a completely different game. It is a completely yeah. different. They took elements of the original and brought them over, but it's a completely different yeah. game. Yeah. Okay, I may be being generous. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 for my predicted score because I think nostalgia will fuel a lot of it, but I just mm-hmm. it is just there's so much of the game that the things that I know a lot of people say haven't aged as well like the graphics and stuff that doesn't bother me those are things yeah. that just nostalgia factors I, I don't care I love it I still love it I love the mechanics of this game I like the simplicity of turn-based battle I I love all of that and mm. that hasn't changed some people hated that and I loved it, it. and I yeah. look for games now in the modern era which there aren't as nearly as many games that do it now I still yeah. look for that probably because of this game I still seek that <laughs> out I'm predicting a 9 out of 10 I, I just I I feel like it's going to stay there so what about you Chris what is your predicted score I think it's going to be the same it's going to be a 9 I think even if as you you said the graphics graphics you can get over the graphics mm-hmm. like that is something is it still a good game yeah i i feel like the mechanics are going to hold up i feel like there's i mean there's probably there's always glitches right yeah but i feel like it's just gonna hold up the story the the music the the mechanics i i think it's a nine out of ten i'm so looking forward to playing this game <laughs> oh my god that's again why i got like 10 hours into a playthrough before yeah. we started this podcast and then i had to stop and have been, I won't say holding off because we've been, you know, busy, busy playing other games, but there's a reason why we're recording this segment Months very, very, very much ahead of when this episode is supposed to come out because we want to give ourselves as much time as possible to play this game because we want to be able to do it justice. We want to be able to play it and not feel like we're being rushed because we love it so much. So excited to play it. So, oh my God. On that note, Maybe one day we'll publish the notes from Chris's notes from his Rose segment because <laughs> it's so long. Let's play that Chi Ocarina time. Let's go back to the present, back to where we actually have played the game more recently than two and a half years ago. And <laughs> so we can actually talk about the game. So let's play that Chi Ocarina of time. Hojo! Hojo! Now we're back from the past, back in the present to when we've already played the game. But again, we have so many thoughts about that game that you're going to have to wait till next week to hear them all. I really appreciate everyone understanding that we're splitting this up. I really think it's for the benefit that we get to put a lot of extra content into this for you all. So reminder, next week we'll be having the full episode, the rest of our content for Final Fantasy VII, and then the week after that will be a mini episode on the remake. And I, I can't wait. This game is just, I love talking about this game so much, so I really hope everyone's looking forward to these episodes as much as we have been. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you to our producers as always on this thank you for everyone who joins us on our streams and on our social media find us everywhere at gwgw show whether on twitch or on twitter or on facebook or instagram gwgw show or games we grew up with like over on youtube really appreciate everyone who stuck around with us for all of this really happy that people got to see a lot of the streaming and i'm looking forward to talking to you all more next week bye everyone This is going to be like a two-hour episode. Good God.